follow the Four Corners Podcast on social media. Like us on Facebook, Four Corners Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Podcast Four Corners. And check us out on Instagram, Four Corners Podcast. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review. I want to take this time to apologize to the television audience for what they're about to see. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Four Corners Podcast. I'm Shad, here with Matt and Brad. Guys, how are you doing? Uh, doing good, Shad. I'm doing good. All right. want to say thank you all for being with us to, or, uh, for this episode. We really appreciate you tuning in. We do want to get our shout-outs handled. The first one is going to be, well, let me put it this way. We are recording this at the beginning of December, and if you're looking for a gift for that wrestling fan in your family, but the WWE shirts are just printed on like bad material, and the AEW shirts are a little more expensive than you might want to buy right now, Collar and Elbow, that's collarandelbowbrand.com. If you use the promo code Four Corners Podcast, that's the number four capital C in corner, capital P in podcast. You can save usually ten percent off your order, but you know around the holidays sometimes they'll kick um, discount codes up higher. So uh, you know, hit them up and um, you know save. You know, be able to get some gifts, save on it, and get it on just I mean seriously comfortable material. Um, let me see. They, they're not, their shipping takes a little bit longer. Their shipping is like old school pre prime shipping. Uh, but they'll get it to you. Just make sure you, you, um, factor that in whenever you order. And then our other shout out. That means I'm going to hand the ball to Matt. Yeah. Our shout out would be to Orlando Cologne, uh, this week and every week. Uh, I hope he had a great Thanksgiving. I was certainly thankful for him. I'm hoping that in this uh, in the post-pandemic era, which hopefully we'll get into uh, with vaccines and such, that we'll see lots more Orlando Cologne wrestling out there, uh, North America, Puerto Rico, everywhere. All right. So we have. Been- hey, hey, Chad. Yeah, go for it. Sorry to interrupt you. I actually uh, took advantage of the Black Friday sale with yeah. Color and Elbow, and I got several shirts. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I used their promo code to. Awesome. To get an extra discount on top of that. And uh, speaking about the shipping, I know you were saying like they're slow in shipping. I ordered them. I think like I ordered them. I think on Thanksgiving. Uh, I got got a notification they've already shipped. So. Oh, fantastic! Not too bad. Less than a week. Not too bad at all. So that's pretty good. Um, to be honest with you, you know, we didn't affiliate with them for kicks. We affiliated with them because they make really good attire. So. And 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 they're good folks that run it, so we got to we got to give them, uh, you know, it, this this was not an out of nowhere partnership. So, all right, here for the last uh, couple of episodes, we have been talking about 
Saturday morning cartoons uh, over the period of uh, about a year at a time, which means I'm going to hand it over to Brad to set us up for how this evening's going to go. So this week we are doing 1987. Um, we've previously done episodes for 1985 and 1986. I think... Um, our general consensus was that 1985 was okay, but left us a little cold, and 86 was better with weak spots. Would I say would that would that be fair? I think for what the last two episodes have boiled down to. Uh, I think that would be fair. I would agree. Yeah, I think so. So um, I don't see that trend continuing though, because I think 1987 in basic review is kind of what I'd call the start of the Dark Ages. Because um, I think what's going to happen for the next couple of these is it's not going to be very good until Fox kind of gets their bearings and then it gets better again. Yeah, I'm kind of uh, waiting, looking forward, looking to the horizon for some of that Fox goodness to break loose. 1990 is the first Fox year. Um, and then it gets the, Fox improves rapidly with their lineup. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it quite a bit. Yeah, me too. Because like, I I mean I was I was six by 1987, so you know I have some more memories of like the world and stuff. And I'm sure Matt has better memories of this. But looking at some of these shows, like I'm sure I watched some of them, but some of them are, like, so mediocre that I have no, like, recollection of them other than maybe, like, the the opening song or, like, a toy at McDonald's or or something like that. Uh, looking at the new shows that debuted this, uh, this season, oh, I don't remember almost all of them. I, I remember, like, a couple. Like, yeah, I remember a couple. And I think I remember... I remember four of them. I remember two, and one of them I don't even remember from being on Saturday mornings. I remember, well, we'll get into it later. Oh, no, I remember five. Never mind. Because there's, there's kind of a biggie in here, but I don't necessarily remember it as much for the cartoon other than I watched the cartoon. All right, so... Where are we starting from? Well, we've been doing this alphabetical. Um, ABC's been our champion through two years of this. So mm-hmm. uh, we're going to just keep that trend going and start with who usually has had the better lineups. So we're going to start off with ABC 8 a.m. We have the Care Bears still pulling a time slot there. Still scary. Yes. Either dump you into, into the oblivion or brainwash you, one of the two. And then, so at 8.30, we have a debuting show um, with a very famous toy, actually. My mm-hmm. Pet Monster. It's funny. I had, and as it turns out, my folks still have uh, My Pet Monster. I had one, uh, the blue one. He had the little orange manacles and everything, and there was a book that came with it. I don't remember the show at all. There is a movie too. I don't know if the movie was straight to video or if it was a theatrical release. I I did watch a bit of it recently just because I was curious and it's very bad. Uh, I had the movie 
on uh, on VHS. It was, I believe, direct video. I don't think they ever aired it. I don't recall it being that long. I feel like it was like a maybe like a sixty minute ep- like show. Yeah, and it's her, like which one really of those... was like a. Uh, go ahead. I was gonna say, and it's like one of those movies where like I think the most famous cast member was like, you know, sailor like surly sailor number five in like a popular movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it like to it show you how those... i was gonna say to show you how low rent that movie was the 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 person that played the main character voiced the same character on the animated series to show you how like low rent it oh, was wow. Ooh. i want to say like a lot of uh, well really like a lot of um i guess I, we'll say cartoon, but also live action properties from the eighties. It was basically just like a, a extended toy commercial. Yeah. Most yeah. of them were, I'd say. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the, a lot of those shows were, I don't know if you, it's not, it's not, I don't think it's going to come up on the Saturday morning shows, but if you guys remember the, uh, the visionaries, like yeah. that toy line that, that got like a, I want to say maybe like a 13 episode cartoon show. I remember the VHSs because they, ha- I think the VHSs might have come with a figure. <laughs> yeah, I remember the cartoon show. I remember the toys too. I was one of the toys, never got them. I had the but... Supernaturals that were like the See, same re- basic concept. I never really saw those in the wild. Like, I, oh wait, wait, I think I did see them in toy stores. But I never, I know, I was never able to get that. Maybe my parents thought it was like a little too weird or dark for me even though i had probably like every he-man character yeah and so some of those characters are just like grotesque grotesque looking but i don't know uh i was one of those uh but talking about visionaries just in general it's like it was it literally just made a toy line and then they made the cartoon after the fact to sell the toys and that that was far from like the only show that did that i mean centurions was very guilty of that uh, yeah. Centurions, I remember that one too. I had a crate of Centurions. Wow. And, yeah, and it was always like I, I because I had them. Like I don't know where my parents found them, but I had them before I knew the show was a thing. The idea of being able to like mix and match between all the different, all the different stuff and all the different. Um, like I, I didn't realize that there was like a set way that pieces were supposed to go. So I was just like, ah, we'll put this and this and this, and that looks cool. And it doesn't fit together real well, but no, it's all right. It's cool. And then the show comes along. I'm like, oh, this came from a show. Not really. Came from the came from the toys. But and then I was like, oh, that's how it's put. And I went back and tried. It. I'm like, wow, that works so much better. But I, yeah, I had I, I had a pile of centurions. See, now I never saw the show in the like. I never saw that show on TV. Because I remember, I don't know about where you guys lived, but here, like, especially in the late 80s, early 90s, like, every podunk, like, grocery store or anywhere that was, like, had any sort of size had, like, a video rental section of some sort. Like, everywhere had a video rental section. Like, Kroger used to have video rental. Big Bear, when that was a thing, had it. Like, all these, like, drug marts and stuff had them. So I think I actually saw that via, like, Hey, it's the weekend. Why don't you rent something to watch? And I'm like, hey, I'll watch this thing. It's animated, and there's dudes with like cool-looking machine pieces that hook onto them. Yeah, and I've already seen all the Transformers VHSs, so yeah. 
we never had that in the actual grocery stores. We had just had the kind of standalone uh, video stores. But there was a couple that were literally like a mile at best from my house, so I, we would go there I, pretty often. I used to wait. I used to wait because Kroger used to do in the summer they would do like this weekly coupon thing and i lived for those weeks where the one dollar video game coupons would hit mm. because <laughs> there was a summer i played their copy of final fantasy 2 like which is final fantasy 4 i played that all the way through just re-renting it every time it would go in and i just use a coupon to rent it for a dollar again <laughs> and i beat it that way make sure no one got it your save file yes no, I think sometimes I would just take it up to the counter and be like, hey, I'm returning this. Can you just rent it back to me? Yeah, what do they care? Yeah. It's getting rented, you know. Ah, oh, the good old days. And then that, that's it. Well, then they couldn't would you put the comic Couldn't you put stuff on hold? That. You could. Like, couldn't you put videos on hold? I, I remember this because I remember like a couple times I actually like wanted to watch something. So I think my mom put <laughs> put it on hold for me my parents would do that i did that for i did that for every when super mario brothers 3 came out i think i think i called every video rental place in the city and it was on hold but it was like a six month waiting list and i got it for christmas before any of those video rental places ever (laughs) got to me and i know blockbuster was here by then and they literally had a wall of it but the wait list was still six months because that game was so huge at the time yeah, it was. Mm. Like, uh, just just if if you're listening at home and you're like, oh man, whatever, come on, it couldn't be that big. You don't understand. Like the the midnight releases for whatever it is you're thinking of right now does not compare to the sheer power that you know Mario had with the Mario three release. And like, I think I'd have to ask my dad, but I think they were on some wait list, like some absurd amount of time for Empire Strikes Back when it first hit video. Mm-hmm. But see, we had a V, like we had, my parents had a VCR like early. Like I remember they had this old VCR and it was like a two piecer. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, I think it was an RCA and like the, the top popped up and you put like your, your thing in there <laughs> yeah the napoleon dynamite one yeah um so that's really I, old school so we yeah. so as long like i think they had one like as soon as they came out okay because my my relationship with technology is a little weird because even with cable like i did not realize as a child that other people in the country did not have cable until like the late 80s or early 90s because Columbus was like a hundred percent wired by like the late seventies, so cable was just always a thing that existed to me. Yeah, weren't you guys like a big test market for stuff too? Yeah, they Columbus still is. Like we get um, McDonald's will test stuff, and it confuses me sometimes because they'll advertise something here and then they'll advertise it again like it's new, and I'll be like, wait a minute, that was just here like six months ago. Like the um. The Super Big Macs and the the Mini Big Macs were here like a decade ago, and then I think they did them nationally like five or six years ago. Mm-hmm. So um, my wife was very upset when those went away and they did not immediately hit like a national release. Hmm. Can I go back to Mario real quick for a second? Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys were this we're really dry. 
<laughs> we're digressing, but <laughs> it's always fun when we do that because now yeah. we're talking about uh, Super Mario Brothers three. Do you guys? Yeah. Did you guys ever see? Um, well, you probably have, you could have seen it in the thirty years since it came out. But do you remember at the time the movie The Wizard with Fred the Savage? The Wizard. Oh, gosh, oh my yes. god. Oh Where my he god. Was playing, he, he was like the a, wizard. Yeah, he was uh he was in like a video game tournament. It's yep. not a good film for those out there who have not seen it. It's it's pretty bad, but I remember it when it came out. He was part of this tournament and the big thing is that at the end of the tournament like the game that everyone has to play is Super Mario Bros. 3 and it's like no one had seen that and no one really in America had seen it. Yeah. So when they were like showing this in the film I remember, like, me and my friends, like, lost our minds. We were like, oh, my God, it's Mario. It's Mario. A new yeah. Mario. And it really, if you s- subtract, like, Super Mario Brothers 2, which I love. I love that game. If you subtract that, like, Mario Brothers 3 is so different in many respects from Mario, the original Mario. It's such an upgrade. Yeah. So, yeah, like, we, it blew our, 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 like, young minds when Mario, <laughs> Super Mario 3 came out. And it's all any of us wanted to play. Mario Mario 2 is actually not even a real Mario game. Like, it's better yes. than the real Mario 2. The real Mario 2 is a piece of crap. Um, mm-hmm. Because it's like, um, it's pretty much just like, it's kind of like a hardcore remix of Mario Brothers. Mm-hmm. But uh, Mario 2 was like, it was called Doki Doki Panic in Japan. Mm-hmm. And they actually yeah. kind of reskin like an Arabian themed video game with Mario. Which is why you have, like, Toad as a playable character, and he's like, well, why is it that Peach can fly? And it's like, well, yeah. she just can't deal with it. And you're like, oh, okay, who cares, but right? It's, it's a better game than the real Mario 2. Uh, I know what you're talking about, Matt, because I, I remember that coming out as well. Like, here's how big it was. It was featured... Uh, when Macaulay Culkin hosted Saturday Night Live. Like that was one of the big scenes for his little like his big skit for the uh, for the episode was him playing that on like all of the screens Mm -hmm. (laughs) at the SNL studio. So, yeah, it was huge. And I remember us freaking about it, too. And um, the uh, there was everyone learned about the warp whistle from the movie. Even though it made no sense, how can anybody know about the warp whistle when the game is brand new? But that's how everybody learned about it, and then it was exciting because you got to know about the the cool thing. I, the, I know, was the about secret. to I was about to bitch about that same thing about how like the little sidekick was giving him advice about a game that no one had ever seen before. Uh, that was uh, that was Fred Savage doing that. Yes, and he was shot. Get the warp whistle. It's like uh, even then we were like, how does he know about it if the game is brand new? Yeah, but whatever. It's Mario Three, which is still just excellent gameplay. Terrible cartoon mm-hmm. though, but we'll get to that in a couple years. <laughs> so that all came from my so pet monster. Do you think? Um, question about the the lore of uh, Mario Three. So do you think there is a miss? Uh, there's a there's a, a miss. Uh, King Koopa that bore all these children or do you think they're orphans he adopted or do you think King Koopa just uh, reproduces asexually since he might be some sort of reptilian creature based on the shell if we're going to theory cast it I'm going to say that it's because um, Koopa kidnapped them to raise as his own because 
Oh, the there's other... Bowser Jr., who does seem to be his actual spawn. Uh, then, then he had a mate, and then after after the eggs were laid for the Koopa kids, he ate her. That's maybe what he's I'm going just, with. Um, maybe he's just highly promiscuous, and these are all booty calls that um, <laughs> he ended up with. Uh, hey, either pay alimony or take this. And he's like, well, I'm cheap, so I'll take the children and raise them to be evil. Bowser the Bastard Maker? Yes. <laughs> Might as well put him to work and run some of those kingdoms while you're at it, too. <laughs> Gotta teach somebody something. You know what's what weird? Think, um, as a kid, I thought it was Raccoon Mario, but as an adult, realizing it's Tanuki Mario and realizing that mm. those are two different animals, like I had that revelation at some point in like my early 20s. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't think he would have really known that if he didn't know about the the actual like Japanese animal. Yeah, there because I because my wife's like, well, what's a tanuki? And I'm like, well, it's some Japanese like raccoon dog. That they're like mm-hmm. similar but different. I've always wanted to see those one of those in person. I wonder if like a red Never panda. Had. Red pandas are awesome. Red pandas are awesome. If uh, for those who don't know, there, there's a lot of like mythology involving like Japanese tanukis, but it is a real animal, and it actually is. Um, it is a canine. I don't think it's it's not like a breed of dog. It's 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 its own thing. Much how like uh, I don't like a coyote is not like a dog, but it uh, they do look like giant raccoons. They're yeah. actually really they're really really cute. I think I don't know if they're endangered or not. I'm looking at the Wikipedia article right now, and the entry is under Japanese raccoon dog. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're interesting. I think I've watched some YouTube videos on them. Um, they're they're weird. Like, I don't. Do they exist in any other country? Or are they like a Japan only thing? I think they're only in Japan. Okay. Well, looking up, they say it, in terms of conservation status, it says least concern. I'm not really sure how. Maybe they're just well protected there, so they have a. They might. They might. Like a, um, a good. A good like population. They might mm-hmm. also have adapted like action. You know, they might. Some some of those animals do like adapt very well to civilization and just like figure it out. Oh, apparently, <laughs> in there are in Europe there are raccoon dogs. Oh, huh. uh, they're they're an invasive species there, so oh wow, it's legal to hunt them in Europe. Good lord! Um, in Japan, they're hunted to prevent them from damaging crops, but their fur is desired for calligraphy brushes. Oh, you can't shave them. Weird. You can't just shave them. Little... <laughs> No, because them because um, like shave them off, shave a little patch. No, because because as we because as we <laughs> learned. As we've learned, though, the, the 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 painting will only be as beautiful as much as the animal suffered as you killed it for it. <laughs> Jesus, it's um, it's a uh, hair. I, I am not. Uh, I'm kind of like a softie with animals. Uh, I mean, I our good friend, uh, friend of the show, Justin. He's he's gone hunting before. I've told him before. Like, I I would love to go hunting at one point. Uh, so I'm not like, I'm not like, I'm not like, uh, <clears throat> I'm not one of those who's like completely against that. I think it does have utility. I wouldn't hunt just for like, for, for sport, purely sport. I would, you know, honor the animal by actually 
eating it if I were to kill it. And I don't, I'm not one of these people that's like, I would want to do it like every year per se, but uh, I don't know if you've heard of like the Canadian goose brand of clothing. I think I have. Yeah. It's so it's like, uh, they make basically outerwear, like winter coats, stuff like that. And I've always, my wife and I like, were kind of wanting one of their, uh, one of their parkas. And it's, we would never bought it because it's like ridiculously expensive. And I, I mean, by that, I mean like the parka is like a thousand dollars and it's like, I can't justify spending a thousand dollars on just pretty much any item of clothing. Yeah. But we were kind of just looking at them in the stores one day. And then we found out that they use real fur mm. for the lining. And it's like, I mean, they there's, I think there's actually like videos out there of, of them, of people hunting. I think it's Fox fur and, mm. It's uh, after that. It's like okay, I can. I now. I now. What I I will never, for reals, never own one of these items of clothing. And I it really kind of like soured me on it. I just can't do it. I, I no, I'm I'm with you. Like I I'm not like you know I'm not I'm not one of those you shouldn't hunt or whatever. Like even even the people that do it for sport because like especially with like the deer and stuff like you're actually doing them a favor uh-huh. by controlling the species and like a lot of that stuff there's a like a forestry science behind it and you're actually culling the herd of like the sick and the dumb so that they don't like run out of food but like there's just stuff like you know you remember like i i, I think it was last decade remember when they were like poaching those tigers because some some country like thought like some part of the tiger was like an aphrodisiac and they're like killing tigers for it and stuff. And it's just like, yeah. could you guys please not like just it find something else to make your species. Yeah. yeah. Could you, could you, could you yeah. find something that you don't have to murder to make your dicks hard? Like, please like just, mm-hmm. yeah, the, I have been hunting. Um, deer hunting is, way tougher than people give it credit for because i mean just how long you have to sit there and be still um i prefer pheasant hunting mm. because you're 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 active you're getting up you're going looking for them um we didn't even have a dog to scare them up or anything like that but you know you go you go out walking across the field looking for them and whenever they bolt up you got to draw a bead and drop them um i i dropped a dropped a pheasant and this was over Thanksgiving break, so it was at my um, have family that live in Iowa because there ain't pheasant in Kentucky. Um, and we we took it back up to the house and dressed it and had it as part of Thanksgiving dinner, and it was fantastic. My friend it does was, turkey it was hunting, really good. but he says turkeys are really difficult to hunt. I guess they screw with you. They're a lot more clever. Than, than people give them credit for. Because he said, like, he said some of them, like, not all of them, he said they're really smart, but he said some of them will just screw with you, like, if they know you're you're after them. That that doesn't surprise me. Like, I guess they, I guess they can, like, double back and, like, make their tracks go weird and stuff, and I know they run, like, super fast. Well, you got to consider a big, fat bird like that. How does it survive as a species as long as it did? Is probably through doing stuff like that. And they're also like bigger in person. Like I'm pretty sure if one wanted to like kick you, it would hurt pretty bad. Yeah, yeah, they're they're pretty, 
they're bigger than farm-raised turkeys are. Yeah, because I've seen them. You see them in the wild here, and some of them like get big. There's some, there's some big sons of guns. Yeah. Uh, just as an aside, uh, we as people on the show should know, we we moved to finally moved to our house mm-hmm. about a month ago, and it's it's in the suburbs. I swear, it's in the suburbs. But we live like right near essentially like a large storm drain. And mm-hmm. there is a very small, if you want to be charitable, calling it like a, a creek that runs through like the neighborhood. It's, I mean, at its widest point, it's maybe like four feet wide. And yeah. the water is only like three inches deep, maybe. It's, it's, again, I'm being very charitable calling it a creek, but it runs through like the neighborhood. It eventually goes underwater and it empties out into like a huge like storm drain that's near our property, literally like a house over there's like a huge storm drain and by that i mean like you literally could like you could drive a couple of cars like through the storm drain it's it's very large um but because of that storm drain animals from all over the area kind of travel that way it's almost like a highway for them so we get even though we're in the suburbs we get a lot of uh for like forest animals yeah you get for lack of a better way to put it uh, there are the house next to it. Well, it's not a house. It's, there's a, like an empty. The house used to be there, but it was torn down years ago. And the wilderness has kind of grown up. It's just like a bunch of like bushes and trees and vegetation. And we're pretty sure that there's like a fox den in there oh, because shocking. we have seen we have seen little foxes like come out of that area three or four times and yeah. kind of just like scope out like the area and then go back in <laughs> and the other night uh <laughs> my wife freaked out because there was this like screaming yeah that was like outdoors and she's like what the hell is that was that a banshee i'm like no uh i'm pretty sure it was like a raccoon oh if, if like, um if raccoons it, it get, might have been the fox too if raccoons it could have been the fox yeah. if raccoons get in a fight with each other they those things scream <laughs> the reason why I think it could have been a, ra- a raccoon is because I—I mean, this is the house I grew up in, yeah. and I remember like growing up there were raccoons in the area because uh, you the, you would hear them like chittering every now and again at night. Yeah, they uh, okay. this when they scream like this sounded like them screaming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, the worst thing that ever happened in my parents' house is one of the dogs got skunked. Oh my gosh. Oh. It was awful. Like if you if you've oh. never if you've never had something get skunked or been like right up on that smell, like I swear Ooh. food tasted like skunk for a couple of days because you actually yeah. stop smelling it because it's so awful. And yeah, that I, that that scent is haunting. And then I proceeded to like put a giant brown spot on the grass because you have to use peroxide and baking soda with maybe another ingredient is how you get rid of the smell on them. And, tomato um, juice, I think. No, tomato juice doesn't work. Um, oh. It's, 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 it's some combination of peroxide to baking soda, but if you do it in the grass, it just auto-kills yeah. the grass. Yeah, it will. <laughs> but, oh, it's it's awful. Like, I, I've, I've only smelled it up close once in my whole life and never again. <laughs> that was more than enough, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, because what I'm... happened is, what happened is my dog caught and killed it, and it sprayed her as it was dying. And obviously uh, she didn't care, but like oh. it was just, oh, and like you could feel it on her and stuff. And 
Oh, oh it, it, it's 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 terrible. It's it's just it's it, ugh. Amusing, yes. Skunk skunk don't care one way or another about what's going on because they know most stuff won't mess with them. But and this is this is weird fact for all you out there. If you want to have one as a pet, you can get them with the uh, the scent sacks removed, and they're. First of all, they're 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 playful and happy little creatures. Second, if someone broke into your house and they saw a skunk trundle around the corner, they're going to leave right quick. They, but third, they eat yellow jackets. They still stink, even with that their scent. They'll they'll taken. they'll dig. They will dig into yellow jacket nests to eat all the eggs in the queen because they think they're delicious, but their hide is so thick they don't feel the, the stings. Is that like um the honey badgers that'll just let the <laughs> poisonous snakes bite them? <laughs> yeah, kind of, because they don't care. That's, um, there's a, there's a breed of hedgehog that likes asps, and what they do is they just harass it because when they ball up, their their spines are longer than the snake's, net, the snake's fangs. Oh, wow. So the snake just gets tired, and then the hedgehog just eats it, because it can't bite them. You gotta wonder the conversation that happened whenever the, that first hedgehog figured that out. He's like, "Dude, what happened?" He's like, "Dude, I just ate some asp." <laughs> and they're like, "Yeah, Excuse yeah, me? I know. Uh, right? <laughs> no asp, the snake." And he's like, "How did you get it?" And he's like, "You gotta check this man." So I was smacking it, I was smacking it around, and it got all mad. And so I, you know, I curled up because I was like, "I don't want to get bit." But it tried to bite me, but it couldn't get in there. It couldn't get in there and like got all the spines in its mouth, man. It just fell over. It was great, man. <laughs> right? Sorry, I went off on a weird little tangent. There. Oh no, we we went way off because we were talking about my. Pet <laughs> Where monster. were we? My pet monster. Yeah. yeah. So, so um, there's there's something no, there's something notable notable about this in um, a CBS show, which is Hello Kitty's Furry Tale Theater. Both of these shows feature. Um, Two of the first appearances by voice actress uh, Tara Strong. Mm. Who's still doing a lot of work today. She really yes. is. I think the first thing that comes to mind when I hear her name was that she was one of the main characters for Powerpuff Girls. Uh, I think she was Bubbles. I think she was but... Starfire and... Um... No, she's either Starfire or Raven and Teen Titans. <clears throat> Okay. Yeah, I could I could definitely see Starfire, but I, I just don't remember off the top of my yeah, head. Yeah, I think she was Starfire. I, I have some folks uh, from the convention scene that know her, and they claim they say that she's a real sweetheart. And I've never she met. She was her. the um, the princess in Drawn Together. <laughs> I remember that show. Yeah, I remember it. I didn't watch enough. It wasn't very good. I, di- I didn't particularly like it. I know there, it had its fans, but it was a little too um, lowest common denominator for me. Mm-hmm. I'll follow you. Um, so uh, let's move on here, because th- these next couple I don't think we're going to have a ton to say about. So at 9 a.m. we have something called a Happy Clowns of Happy Town, and I looked at the intro of this, and it looks kind of like old-timey clowns just like, doing stuff like it looked terrible like it legitimately looked terrible like i couldn't even make it through the intro i got so bored (laughs) by it i never heard of this i don't remember it looking at photos of it or this is this is gonna sound odd but are the clowns supposed to be like 
like a different species like i thought they were kind of mimish <laughs> honestly well i'm looking at photo chat and it's like they're they they're they're like children but they're they're interacting with with actual children who aren't clowns which makes me think that maybe the clowns are like a separate unholy species maybe wow. um maybe maybe what happens is the show ends with an asteroid hitting and they turn into <laughs> the killer clowns from outer space maybe and then maybe. proceed to I kill dean warmer because he's after those damn hippie <laughs> college students <laughs> I just watched that for Halloween. By the way, if you've never seen Killer Clowns from Outer Space, like you're missing out. Like it is a, um, it is a complete classic of like absurdity. It's a fun movie. I guess it would be more of a horror movie than a, than a science fiction film. Yeah, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a satirical horror movie. Yeah. Oh, it's definitely like a black comedy. Yeah. But it's it's I would say it's a little more horror than it, it that it is comedy. But like Dean Wormer's in it from um, Animal House, and he's he is just himself in it, which is awesome. Because <laughs> okay. he's like he plays like I don't know if he's I don't think he's the sheriff. He's like a deputy, but he's just an absolute dick. Like I think he's actually playing the same character, just a cop instead of a dean. <laughs> okay. Uh, but it's it's a fun it's a fun movie <laughs> definitely better than whatever this piece of crap is. Yeah. Uh, did you know, Brad, that we almost got a sequel to Killer Clowns? No. What, what happened? Sci-Fi Channel actually bought the rights, so you know it would have been like low budget probably. Yeah. Uh, but they had bought the rights to make to produce a sequel, um, and also looks like they they bought the rights to. Uh, either reboot or continue the critters oh, <laughs> franchise God. that's actually uh, um one of my favorite ona bits ever with patrice <laughs> was them talking about those crappy sci-fi movies and taking like real high budget movies and coming up with like what sci-fi would call them <laughs> I and, that and i think i think jurassic park was something like giant dinosaurs or something <laughs> But uh, that that's one of my favorite. I think it's that was about the time where Giant Octopus vs Mega Shark came out. Mm. It was it was pre Sharknado because I think Patrice was dead by the time Sharknado came out. Sadly, uh, I remember. I think it was Patrice. Was it Patrice O'Neill or Jim Norton that absolutely savaged Face Off? And that I remember. Oh that. yeah, that it, was both of them. That it was it was um. Patrice was talking about he liked it, and Jim Norton oh, talked yeah. about something that happened. And then Patrice was like, you yeah. know what? Like, fuck that movie. That movie <laughs> yes. sucks. And then they just went off yes. on it. Yes. Norton, I remember like, that. Changed bit. his mind. Yes, Jim Norton changed his mind by talking about how dumb parts of it were, and um, Patrice was laughing so hard he could not keep it together. And by the time Jim Norton got done. Patrice is just like, all right, you've converted me. I'm, I'm with you now. That movie sucks. My, my other that, favorite that, Patrice thing, and I think it got him banned from Fox News, is when he was arguing with that woman about the, um, was it the Don Imus thing? I think it was actually. It, it was when I think, wasn't it when was it when Don Imus called uh, the the Williams sisters a bad name? No, it was when oh, he, I think he was talking about the Syracuse basketball team. Okay. And um, he was arguing with some woman, and he started talking about the angry pirate, and he was covering his eye going, R, the Fox News host is sitting there, like, <laughs> tried so hard you know. not to laugh. 
<laughs> and the woman is just like totally not amused by it, but they're like he's like just being him, and the the Fox News host is like tried so hard not to laugh. The brilliant thing about that was that she she was there sitting there proving Patrice's point, like, and she didn't even know it. Because this whole point was like, you're not funny. You don't know what funny is. Like, you're too serious. Like, everything – you get offended by everything. And, of course, her response to that was just to sit there and be offended. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And basically prove him right. The best thing about that face-off bit, to go back to it for a second, is yeah. I, I love that, like, Norton immediately starts in on it. Because mm-hmm. Patrice is like, I like that film. And <laughs> – angrily jim is like you don't you don't like it (laughs) and the best so this was like a callback like like this was uh like weeks later patrice was in again and they started talking about the movie independence day (laughs) and and norton starts trashing it and and patrice like goes back and goes no this is not gonna be like face off That's a great one. That's on. I think that's on YouTube. Yeah, that's because that's one of their more famous. I think. Yeah. Bits. Uh, yeah, that's the only, that's probably the only reason I came across it. But yeah. You reminded me of it, so I enjoyed that quite a bit. I um, I actually. Going to, go ahead. Um, sorry. So, so for someone I never met, that's like the first time in my life where I was like, you know, I should really start taking better care of myself. Is when Patrice died. I was really broken up about that yeah. at the time. I'm still bummed about it. Yeah. Because there's so many things. It's especially um, kind of relevant now. There's so many things like with cancel culture or just the absurdity of things that are happening that if you think about, I I thought about this like the other day, it's like if Patrice was around, I forget what it was, but it was something that happened in like the news recently. And my thought was just like, I was talking about with someone, I was like, if Patrice O'Neill was alive, today he would have ripped this to shreds yeah because he was he was great about that and he, he didn't take things too seriously mm-hmm. uh one thing that i listen to every like every few months i listen to this and it's literally like a 10 12 minute clip this is probably within like the last year of his life it was uh he was on <laughs> he was on the show with jim and ona and they had kevin smith on because they were talking about something but they were talking about the um What's the Wings Hauser movie? Uh, is it Crime Story? Might be. I'm 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 totally lost. I kind of know what you're talking about, but kind of don't. It ruins the entire. Um, uh, it ruins the entire bit for me to not remember it. <laughs> Hold on one second. Bear with me. Okay. It's in 19... Oh, Vice Squad. Vice Squad. Okay. Uh, they're talking about Vice Squad. And Norton, like, knew the movie so so well. He's, like, quoting... He's, like, throwing quotes for this obscure 1980s, like, low-budget crime movie. And he's just, like, throwing it to it. And Patrice is laughing hysterically <laughs> as they're recounting the film. And... It literally, I love it because it's just, it's just two dudes just like laughing, two like good friends just laughing about a, a film. And Patrice has like a f- infectious like laugh, mm-hmm. like literally whenever I listen to old clips and whenever he like gets really laughing about something, it literally just makes me smile because he he it was like you could tell he's like such genuine emotion. He's literally laughing so hard at whatever it is. Yeah, 
There's some people that just have the kind of laugh that is so infectious because you know they're having so they're having such a good time in that moment. You can't help but join. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So we were on Little Clowns of Happy Town. Yeah. So I don't. I watch like I watched the (laughs) intro to this and like I didn't even make it through the intro. That's how. That's how like boring it was. I have no memory of this. Like, I couldn't possibly see how this could carry 13 episodes, and it obviously didn't last into the next year, so I don't think it was very good. So up next, we have Little Wizards. I actually remember watching this a bit. Um, But as an adult, so I watched the intro to this, and it's like this kid, like, I think, like, escapes from, like, a kingdom and ends up with this wizard, and then they make, like, little monsters... And they're, like, all apprenticed to him. There's a lot going on. This seems like it was okay-ish. Like, nothing nothing great. And I don't really think this has ever gotten any traction, like, after the fact is a property. But it seemed okay. Oh. I I don't remember this at all. Looking got... at Looking at photos of it, it seems like another one of those shows where it's... Obviously, these are designed for kids, but more like, here's, here's a... Here's a show full of cutesy little animals. Yeah. Or I guess in this case, like little monsters. Yeah, that's what that's what I think it was. That's what it seemed like to me. Like I said, it seems inoffensive. Yeah. I don't think it lasted beyond this season though. No. I don't think I don't think any of these new shows sans um two or three of them lasted into the next season. A lot of this stuff was very throwaway. So then we have Pound Puppies. Uh, I think they, I think Ghost, Real Ghostbusters and Pound Puppies swapped time slots here. I think you're right. Um, I remember Pound Puppies, and like I said, I think they got they got a theatrical release after this. So I think the show was popular for a while, but it seems like it fizzled out pretty quick. And I think they just did a a, a remake series of this recently, like within the last decade. Of all the things to go with for remakes, Pound Puppy seems like an odd choice. Yeah, um, I guess maybe they, cashing mm-hmm. in on that toy nostalgia. Yeah, oh, it's got to be. Uh, I was just about to say that the pound, they actually have released kind of like because there's there's a lot of red toys that get released now. They've released um, at least a few Pound Puppies. I think my wife actually even bought one. I know they. Um... They did. It's been it's been it's been a while. I want to say it's probably been about eight years. But they didn't they do like a small re-release of Teddy Ruxpin at some point in the last decade. They not the like original style. They did an updated one. Okay. Uh, which is a cuter version, I guess, of Teddy. Uh, but I feel there was also it. it I feel it went a little bit into Uncanny Valley because. Instead of just like the regular doll eyes, they the eyes essentially were like LEDs. Yeah. And oh god, no! They were like LED- wrong, they, they, bad. They would like animate. Like if you had, if Teddy was supposed to be like smiling, like the eyes would make oh, like god. the like the cutesy little oh, like no, like almost like that's, anime. That's terrible. I don't think it was that successful since I haven't really seen it since it got. Why wouldn't you just release the original? 
be you a year sit two ago. there with that stupid thing, and then all of a sudden you look at it, and like the skull and crossbone crops up on the eye. Why wouldn't you just? Why wouldn't? Why do? Why do companies do that? Like if I was doing it, I would just. I would just like for sixty dollars, I would release the Teddy Ruxpin, and I would release all the cassette tapes that, with the Teddy Ruxpin. Let people have their nostalgia, listen to all their stories, and then it can go back in the 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 dust bin with everything else. Uh, probably because a lot of the old parts aren't still around. I mean, you could remake them. So, I mean, you'd have to re-engineer the sucker. But I mean, I mean, it can't be if they did it in the '80s. I mean, it can't be that that difficult. Probably not, but they're going to be like, oh, I don't know if we'll make enough money off of this to go back to and, it. Well, and then, we... and then if it does well, you know what you do? Yeah, release the freaking grubby. Grubby. Yeah. <laughs> and then you don't have to have the stupid cable. You can just make it Wi-Fi and let them talk to each other. So just, there's just Bluetooth them together. So there's a funny story about my wife and I in our dating days. Teddy Ruxpin came up at some point, and um. We were talking about it, and I'm like, well, did you have Grubby? And she's like, what do you mean Grubby? And I'm like, well, you know, his little caterpillar friend, like, they made one of that, and you could connect them, and they'd both talk. And she's like, what? Like, my parents got my brother and I both a teddy. We could have had a Grubby? And I'm like, yes. And she was very, she's still upset about that to this day. <laughs> my, um, my wife and I have been together a few years, but in the first year of us dating, uh, I don't know how it came up either, but it came up that she loved Teddy Ruxpin, and I don't think she had. One. I don't think she had one as a kid. Just online on eBay, and I actually bought a working Teddy Ruxpin, uh, and I gave it to her as like a, an anniversary gift for our first anniversary, mm. which she actually, she it was actually well received. Like she loved it, and we have Teddy actually. Teddy is still here in the house somewhere. He actually does work. I think there's even like a couple of the cassettes. So you know what's weird? Um. To go, we'll, we'll tie it in. It's weird that they did like a live action and a cartoon version of like the same story, but then the cartoon kind of had episodes on top of like the original thing. But it's weird that they did like a live action deal and um, a cartoon. <clears throat> I, I I'm gonna non sequitur for a second, but it yeah I know they're not connected, but there's a piece of me that just kind of believes that uh, Teddy Ruxpin was was part of the inspiration for Freddy and Five Nights at Freddy's. You know, I... I know I, that's not the case, but... I, I know kids are into that. I know nothing about Five Nights at Freddy's other than oh, my niece I'll, is into it. It's, it's basically... It, it's not a... Well, if you get into the lore, it's kind of... It, it's a horror game, but the gameplay itself is... It, it's very tense. Um, like, there's nothing... You don't, like, see much, like hardly anything that's gory or anything like that, but it, it's very tense, and it it will scare the crap out of you, but it's about resource management and that sort of thing. So, it, you know what? It, hit me up after the show. I'll fill you in. Okay. I know it was a mobile thing is for it, a while. Is it really that popular with kids? It was. Yeah. It It was. Like there okay. were niece was six, seven games. When my niece was like twelve or thirteen, like I, it was like it was like the thing. Like it's been that's like a, it's like a good number of years in the past. But there was a point where it was like I would say 
I wouldn't say the games were ever super popular, but I would say the actual property was probably more popular with kids for a brief time than like the Fortnite property is with them currently. It was up there with the Minecraft stuff. Yeah, like mm. it it was like Minecraft and Five Nights at Freddy. Like I don't think the Five Nights at Freddy games like I think the kids were just into like the weird like scary animal things but never really the games. Uh no, they were into the games too. Okay. It's it's uh, there was um All right, on YouTube the 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 Five Nights at Freddy's playthrough let's plays that Markiplier did were something that kind of expanded his popularity a lot. He did a let's play of was it 3 or 4 with Jack Black and Jack Black's son. And Jack Black's son is he's like, "Uh, now I've played I've played the others, but I haven't played this one yet." So they're sitting there while he's playing it and Jack Black is freaking out. <laughs> so and and Markiplier knows exactly what's coming. So he's he's just cool and having a good time. Oh, that's but. funny. Yeah, you know what's weird though is, is um, things that have come and gone. Like even Fortnite's starting to kind of tail off because they're playing some. Was it Among Us is taking Fortnite's place now? Yeah, yeah. Um, what what is that? Do you know? It is a. So it's a multiplayer game, and you're, if I understand correctly, I haven't played it yet, but you have a crew of people who are on a spaceship, and you have. Everyone has tasks they need to do, but there's a traitor. And so what you're trying to do is get your tasks done, not get killed by the traitor, and figure out who the traitor is. Okay. Cause it, and it, so you can call meetings, you know, like, I think this person's the traitor, but the meetings have, like, a set time window, so you don't have a whole lot of time to make your case. Okay, because it just came up because my wife asked me what it was and if that's what kids are playing. Because I guess her friend's son drew her a picture of the Among Us and her friend thought it was hilarious because her son essentially just drew her like a little eight-year-old like picture that's just a giant picture of multicolored cocks all over the place. <laughs> Here, I'll send you. I'll, I'll get you a link real quick. And I, I showed her the game, and she's like, "Oh, I could see how an eight-year-old would int- would like extrapolate that into like those images." But it, yeah. It, but but to my point though is it's kind of amazing that Minecraft has kind of stayed relevant among kids like throughout it's everything and yeah. all these other things have like come and gone in the meantime. Minecraft is infinitely customizable. And you whatever you want to do in it just about you can do and so that's that's the the joy of it is and if it's not in the base game it's probably there are mods for it yeah because so because so it, yeah it is interesting if you're listening to this i guess among us ended up being the fortnite killer uh, i guess so because i know fortnite's uh, I revenue like went like kerplooey before the pandemic hit so i can't imagine what it looks like now I I played Fortnite before they put the Battle Royal in, when it was this fun building, stop the horde game kind of thing. And then it changed. They just like slapped a Battle Royal on it because... That's what everyone does like, now. Uh, what was it? Um, Player Unknown PUBG got real big, and yeah. there was another one that got real big around in there, so they just slapped it on Fortnite. They pretty but much... Fortnite just took off with the whole building aspect. So, yeah, I think they pretty much came in and um, 
like copied PUBG and like like um kind of polished it up a bit and stole their thunder is I think what happened with Fortnite. The building aspect made it and the and the the art style made it more appealing. So Anyway, where were we? <laughs> okay, so we're at 10.30, which is the real Ghostbusters. We, we talked about this last time. This is before they've started, like, um, flanderizing Slimer more. My brother made a point to me that they had to call it the real Ghostbusters because there was a weird show that was on the air called Ghostbusters already. Well, so, okay, so what that was, um, because I actually remember watching that, and I remember that. I think Matt remembers it, too. Um, I remember it, yeah. So so there was a show from the 70s called The Ghostbusters, but it was like a live-action thing. Mm-hmm. So when that Ghostbusters movie was a big hit, um, Filmation... It is Filmation, right? Or is it Funimation? It's Filmation. Uh, I think it's Filmation. Yeah, because I get, them, I get it confused with um, the anime company, because they're really similar. So they, they tried to cash in on it, so they put a <laughs> Ghostbusters out like a little before real ghostbusters so they they use that property so if you watch like that cartoon they're supposed to be the kids of the guys from the 70s live action show wow which no one remembered yeah no one remembered that show let alone like a, a kid yeah yeah and so um they have this like weird house and like their tv's like a ghost and then they have this like they they commit a cardinal sin of like recycling footage where they have them do this like transformation process every single episode that takes up like thirty second chunks mm. at a time. Yeah. And um it's not good. It has a lot of like the... well known voice actors, but like the ghosts are all goofy and weird and I remember the toys. So I actually remember the toys too. And I never had the toys, but um I did I did think they were interesting looking. They had an interesting art style. It just wasn't a well-realized show. The animation was bad. Um, I've seen a couple episodes, and it's it's super campy. Yeah. <laughs> but not in a good way. No. <laughs> I, I like your description, Matt. Yeah. I like it, it's almost like, you know, the feel. Not the show that would come later. Really campy, but awful yeah it's not self- i mean look it's not self-awareness it's not self-aware enough to make its <clears throat> badness work is the problem and and you can't really it's hard to compete with the ghostbusters riding on a uh a roller coaster shooting cthulhu you know how are you supposed to stack well, up to that and the real ghostbusters Which my brother i'm sorry let me let me say this real quick my brother reminded me the name of that episode is hilarious because it's the collect call of Cthulhu. Oh, that's hilarious. But, <laughs> but I was going to say, like, but the thing, the problem it has, too, is the real Ghostbusters is well written and the art style was very striking in the early episodes. Um, mm-hmm. It was well animated. I think they cheaped out as it went on. Like, it had good voice acting. Like, it was very much. The problem is, like, the Ghostbusters cartoon is very much like a relic in its yeah. its time comparatively like the way it looks the way it's animated who's voice acting and stuff it's more like he-man quality i'd say and real ghostbusters mm-hmm. is like five steps above that like it's it's animated well like it has a lot to say 
Um, it's not like that cookie cutter PSA crap that a lot of these shows were. Yeah. It had very smart writing. One of the one of the writers who wrote a lot of episodes is uh, J. Michael Straczynski, yeah. who then went on to do, in my opinion, one of the uh, arguably like one of the best sci-fi shows of all time in Babylon Five. Yeah, um, I have not seen Babylon Five all the way through. It's on my to-do list. It's one of my <clears throat> my shames. I have all the episodes uh, on DVD. It's well worth your time. I actually probably should do a a rewatch of it since it's been it's been years. It's our been friend, over a decade um, since I our watched friend it. Uh, Tim is very big on that yeah, show. He'd probably he, stab he, me he, if he knew I only watched the first two seasons. Uh, he would he would get in a fight with me. I'm gonna I'm, I, heck, I'm just gonna say it. I'm gonna say it right now. I never watched Babylon Five um, at the time. I, I just I didn't know it was on, and I love I love DS Nine, and then the whole false dichotomy of DS Nine versus Babylon Five. One's got to be better than the other. It's like why don't you just let people enjoy what they enjoy? But for the sake of of I guess trolling in real life, I just refused to watch Babylon Five for a while, and now I just haven't. And you know I. It, I don't feel like there's a gaping hole in my life over it. My so. problem with it going into it now is it's not something you can like passively watch. I feel like that's going to have to be a show where I, I can't do anything. Like I just have to watch it and take it all in yeah. mm-hmm. and probably like take notes. Well, if it's anything less than staggeringly amazing, are you going to be let down? Well, yeah, I know <laughs> the, fir- the first season's a little rough. I've seen the first season and the second season starts getting better. Like it's never bad. But it is like it's not as polished or as high budget as Star Trek, so you kind of have to get past that. Yeah, I I think Babylon Five is a great show. It is, I feel it's a little unique. The first season is a little rough. Uh, second season when it really finds its groove, and it's just a great show. Uh, season three and four, but they basically wrap up the main storyline in season four, and then you have like season five, which um, in my opinion is not as good. But it's still pretty good. It fell prey to it fell prey to the hey we finished our story, but hey the network wants to give us a, a crap load of money to do another season, so um, <laughs> let's make it work. Yeah, that's DS Nine didn't hit its stride until season and, three, probably. I think and, Buffy, you know same kind of thing. I think Buffy really fell prey to that same like hey the net no they got canceled and they went to UPN, but Buffy did one season too many, I think. Yeah. Uh, can I uh, can I give a shout out really quickly since we mentioned him? Go for it. Uh, Tim, who we all kind of know, um, I, I chatted with him recently. He actually is on YouTube. Uh, his he has a channel called Open Airlock Policy. Oh, cool. Which he which he does uh, reviews of. Uh, so far, he's done reviews of Mandalorian. Um, he also does reviews of beer, which <laughs> I appreciate. <laughs> um, he, I think, is also uh, connected with uh, a channel called The Geek Blend, which has uh, like a good thousand subscribers or so. And uh, I've seen a couple of uh, their YouTube videos. They do reviews of like Mandalorian. They also, I think, do live watch-alongs for uh, like Star Trek. They're they're kind of rewatching like Star Trek. Uh, I think they're doing DS Nine. Okay. Yeah, I, so I he's pulled, uh, connected with them. Yeah, I just pulled the Open Airlock Policy channel up. So, yeah, there's Mandalorian. There's, what is, 
Uh, oh, there's election stuff. Um, Star Wars new, the spacing. I don't know what the spacing is, but, you know, more power to him. Oh, there's a, there's a tavern one that you were mentioning. Yeah, I'll, I'll try and dig into it later. Mm-hmm. I really want to catch up with... Uh, yeah, I'm I'm about halfway through the first season of Mandalorian. I really want to get to the second one because I've been told that Raylan Givens, not Timothy Oliphant, but Space <laughs> Raylan Givens is there and justified as one of my favorite shows of all time. So, so yeah, I need to watch I need to watch season two. Apparently, they have given an official name to Baby Yoda. Yeah, uh, and I'm not feeling it. He's Baby Yoda. I've seen that, <laughs> even sentiment, I've seen that sentiment from a lot of people. Yeah, even though he's not Baby Yoda, he's still Baby Yoda. Republic <laughs> Republic of Tea released a Baby Yoda tea for the, the the winter. It's just a green tea, but um, it is oh. a Baby Yoda tea. He's on like the little packets. Gotcha. Okay, so we're gonna finish off um, ABC here. Eleven a.m. is the Flintstones kids. Eleven thirty a.m. is the Bugs Bunny and Tweety show, and then at noon there is. Something called Animal Crackups. I don't know what that is, but that's old. And then there is the ABC Weekend Special at 1230. I don't know if that's kids related. I think it is. Um, so that's our ABC lineup. I actually feel this is a pretty weak lineup cemented with three-ish good shows. Uh, I'll give it I'll, I'll give it a solid two. But they're ones we've talked about before, so... Yeah, like, I don't think My Pet Monster is good as an adult, but it's probably something that would have been destination viewing for me at this age. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, Ghostbusters and Bugs and Tweety are the, the the ones I was referring to, but... And, I mean, <laughs> Pound Puppies and Ghostbusters, I, I would give... I would give good grades to, and Care Bears I'd give an okay grade to. Um, I'm not really feeling the clowns or little wizards, so yeah. Um, so we're gonna move over to CBS here. Um, at 8 a.m. we have Hello Kitty's Furry Tale Theater, which is interesting um, to see. I don't have any recollection of this show, but to actually see like a Hello Kitty property on TV, considering I think most people just know it as the um, the merchandising powerhouse that it's been for like 40 years yeah i was just gonna say stickers but yeah oh no there's so much more oh no hello kitty hello kitty is like a whore like they they was never really into it yeah i was gonna say they'll slap that they'll slap that character on anything and everything like band-aids cups bowls Pregnancy test, I wouldn't be surprised if there's <laughs> some Hello Kitty brand pregnancy test in Japan somewhere. Shoes, backpack. But is it kawaii? <laughs> if you've never seen it, um, I suggest watching the, the Netflix show, The Toys That Made Us, watching the Hello Kitty episode. It was uh, illuminating because I, I, I didn't really know a lot about Hello Kitty. Like as a, as a boy, I was never really interested in it growing up. But it kind of goes into the backstory of it, and it is like fascinating. Isn't it one? Like, I never doesn't. Isn't it like, as far as like a merchandising property, isn't it like Matt? Like, isn't it absolutely like one of the top like licenses out there? As far as I think money? it is. They definitely have a lot of products. Uh, I didn't realize how absolutely popular it was back in say like the late '80s, early '90s. Oh, it was huge. 
yeah, I don't, I don't really know. Like, I just, that just, I was not in that world. But I asked my wife, and she was like, "Oh no, it was like really, really popular." And they showed clips. It was they used to have like, you go into the mall, they would have a Hello Kitty store. Oh, I didn't like, know just that to, much. Oh yeah, yeah, like they would have like just Hello Kitty products in the store. I guess maybe they could have sold like other Japanese products from the same company, but. I don't know. It, it was insane. And I think it makes I think it makes a comeback like there's like some silicone every 5 years it'll get big for like a year or two again and then it'll kind of die down and it'll yeah. come back. I'm actually surprised that hasn't made a huge comeback cuz that feels like it's about due for a nostalgia wave. See, whenever I see either even just hear the phrase Hello Kitty, but when I saw the title on this, I immediately had a South Park Butters moment. Like I'm on my computer playing Hello Kitty Island Adventure. <laughs> and that's whenever I hear the name of this product, that I hear Butter saying that every single time. So, so I watched like the opening. This felt like very straight from an anime. Um, it would not have been something I would have sought out or even been amused by, but I'm betting I'm willing to chalk this up and say this was probably okay. It probably it, was fine. Yeah. It was not in my wheelhouse, therefore I have no opinion on it whatsoever. So Muppet Babies expands out to 90 minutes, which I feel is a little (laughs) too much Muppet Baby for my liking. Did they ever, I don't recall, because it's, it's, I mean, it's been like so many years. Did they ever include like, like actual, like, like live action Muppet stuff? No. Or was it just the cartoon? Just the cartoon. Oh. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the case. Yeah, because this is about the point where it hits. It's I think I don't think it's quite hit syndication yet. I'm thinking like it's going to um, soon because I know this would hit like I know where I live. This usually got bunched up with like Dennis the Menace and that um, Heathcliff and the Cadillac Cats. If it was like hanging on on the station for a while. Did you guys ever see the Heathcliff? I, d- I saw it, but I didn't watch it. I do it. remember that. Okay. Uh, Mel Blanc was Heathcliff, actually. <laughs> Fun little fact. Huh. Okay, then um, at 10 a.m. we have Pee-wee's Playhouse. Uh, we talked at length about um, Paul Rubin uh, <laughs> last week, so we won't revisit that. So now 10.30, uh, Mighty Mouse, The New Adventures. I have... Now, I knew this show existed at the time because I think McDonald's or Wendy's had toys for it. In like the kids meal, but I don't have, I don't have a recollection of seeing it. So I actually watched a bit of it for the purposes of this show. And um, this is a very interesting show past like its popularity, because it really um, how do you say his last name? So this is by Ralph. Is it Baskey? Bakshi. Bakshi. So um, this is he was like the, the top guy on it. And if you don't know who he is, he did Fritz the Cat in the 70s, which is um, the pretty much an X-rated cartoon. Um, and then he also did the Lord of the Rings um, animated movie from the 70s. And there's a couple other things he did. But if you've ever seen one of his movies, you've kind of seen everything he's done because he used um, what's called rotoscope. So his films have a very... There's a very um, there's a very distinct look to his movies, the way the characters exist on the background mm-hmm. and stuff. 
Yeah, rotoscoping, for those who don't know, I believe it was they basically took live action, like live actors, and used kind of like an animation trace to trace over their movements. Mm-hmm. So you would get this weird you get the really weird animation where uh, they don't move in a cartoon fashion or they move like real people. Cause it's essentially, it's just tracing. It, it felt, so it had like a, it had like a semi realistic look to it. It almost has a psychedelic feel to it. Yeah. Cause there's something like natural, but unnatural about it. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit odd to watch. Yeah. But this show also had um, the creator of Ren and Stimpy also worked on this show. And then they had some like they had some other people in more minor roles like Bruce Tim was on this show, like and a bunch of writers from like other significant stuff like the director to like Wally was on here and um, like someone that was like a, a character designer for Batman, the animated series and the Powerpuff Girls was was on here mm. so this show and i did watch it and uh you can definitely feel the ren and stimpy and the the ralph um basky influences in there but it feels very much like a prototype for like a lot of the popular 90s animation that gets like like animaniacs and tiny tune adventures and stuff so for a show that i have no recollection of you can kind of feel it's if you watch it, you can feel like how it tendrilled out and created all these like beloved properties like five and six mm. years down the road. Yeah, it's funny. Back she did uh he was supposed to do Lord of the Rings, but he did not do The Hobbit, which I think was a Rankin Bass yeah, thing. So so it's kind of interesting how that worked out. So they did the Hobbit and then he did the Lord of the Rings up until like the two towers parts. And then yeah. they did not do the second part, but then Rankin Bass came in and like essentially skipped about um, a tenth of the story, but then they essentially finished it off in the Hobbit fashion. So if you if you get those three movies, you essentially get the whole story minus a little bit of it. But it's a weird like um, it's a weird it's a weird it's a weird way it played out. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember The Hobbit very well because they had, you know, their this the a bunch of the songs from it. The Hobbit's a very confident retelling of the story. I don't feel the other two movies are as good. The actual yeah. Lord of the Rings movie has its merits, I think, and then the Return of the King movies. If you're like a mega fan and want like the finish, it's fine, but I don't think it's particularly great. Yeah, the um. Funny Little Things and Misty Mountains Cold are the songs that stick out in my head. So, um, the one where they like, um, the one where the the goblins attack them in the cave. I I really remember because South Park did one for Lemmy Winks and um, <laughs> Wiki, uh, WikiLeaks, and it ends with them throwing Cartman under a bus. <laughs> Um, but that's that's for a different time. Actually, no. Oh crap! Now I have the Lemmy Wink song stuck in my head. That's gonna be a long yeah. night. Um, that's a newer one, but it 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 is it's it's humorous. Also, yeah. if you're gonna watch The Hobbit, I would suggest watching the cartoon and not the um 
and not the yeah. um not the yeah. the god awful like twelve hour like abortion they made. I don't understand why they well, they were trying to pad it out. And that's to give credit the rendition they did of Misty Mountain's Cold in the uh, the the Peter Jackson Hobbit is like that song is excellent. But they don't need you don't need to pad the Hobbit out. It's it's a self-contained story. But here we are. It's the special effects aren't good in those movies either. Mm. Okay. Um. So hold on, I, I lost my thing because I was looking at something. Okay. So then we have uh, Popeye and Son. I have no recollection of this. I looked at the Son, and the Son is a smackable little douche. Um, <laughs> no, go, Google, Google, and both of you, Google it right now and look at the images, and not tell me that his Son doesn't look like a smackable little douche. He does. Yeah. See, I I remember this not from being on. Um, not from being on Saturday morning, but the Family Channel picked this up. They picked up another one with it on here. Forever. But this is stupid because in the canon of Popeye, he had sons. He had like a Huey, Dewey, and Louie esque like. I thought those were nephews. I mean, close enough. But okay. I don't have a recollection of this. I did like Popeye um, as a kid, just because. I mean, who doesn't like a cartoon where? like two drunken sailors beat each other up <laughs> I did not like the Robin Williams movie though uh, my best friend loves that movie his whole family loves that movie but I'm not I'm not a fan <clears throat> well I, I, I can't speak poorly of Robin Williams about no matter what so and and I mean it's my personal opinion like let's get into the lore of Popeye here Olive oil's olive oil's olive oil's a, a hoe that just wants to watch two guys beat each other up for attention because she likes the attention. Like she is the problem, not Popeye or Bluto. Olive oil is like Angela Martin on The Office to see <laughs> to see Dwight and Andy fight over her. Except olive oil has guys actually fighting, and Angela has these two guys having the equivalent of a of like a sissy slap fight over it. And I, I have to say, I do as, a, as an adult. I really love Bluto for some reason because he's just like the consummate like bad guy. Oh, he's super generic bad guy. Yeah, he's kind of just like, like all the bad guy tropes are wrapped up together. He's kind of a lot like Pete is. You know what? That's funny you say that. I was just thinking about Pete. I feel like they're really comp- kind of comparable. Yeah, people forget though because Pete Pete kind of got sanitized as time went on, and he just kind of turned into like more of like a douche. He was a great villain in uh, Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, and um, I I really enjoyed him in Goof Troop. Well, his whole family was like um, his whole fan. I mean, his I mean, I did feel sorry for was his wife Peg. Yeah, his wife was too good for him. Pete, Peg, PJ, and then the daughter. I can't remember. Uh, no, the dog was Chainsaw. Daughter. Yeah. Not the not the dog. No, I, I was going to say Chainsaw, but I'm like, no, the dog was Chainsaw. So then her daughter, the daughter would have been, because the daughter was a motor mouth. Oh, I feel like it's on the tip of my tongue. Yeah. It wasn't like Petunia it, it, or something like that. Was that it? probably. That That's probably what it was. 
But it, yeah, if you watch Goof Troop, then you'd look at it and be like, wow, this is a nice family except for Pete. And Pete's a prick. I, I actually, it's funny that we brought Pete up because um, my wife was watching a cover of one of the Powerline songs from um, a Goofy movie. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And she's never seen it, so I was like, I was trying to tell her like it's a quality Disney movie, but we 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 haven't had the time to watch it. And I was telling her like what what it was about, and I showed her the scene with Bigfoot, and um, started to dance because the the um, the Walkman fell on his head and like Staying Alive starts playing, and she found that humorous. Never watched that movie. Oh, it's a really now, good movie. Now here I am. As a dad with sons, and it's like, oh, I, I don't know if I should. <laughs> no, it's 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 a it's it's a heartwarming tale of them like, of them like coming together. Right. And that Goofy's a good dad. Just saying, it's it it it, it, it sounds like it would get me in some trouble. Eh, I might get some sweat. It might. See, eleven thirty. We have Teen Wolf. We talked about that last week. I don't yeah. think that got. I don't know if that got a second season or if that they're just hanging it on for another year. Um, Twelve is the CBS Story Break. We've talked about that. That's like animated recreations of stories. And then Kid yeah. Video is still hanging out like at twelve thirty. So um, I don't feel this is a particularly great lineup coming out of CBS. It feels very no. um, weak. Uh, yeah, I'm not on board. Because for me, with the Popeye and Son, I'm imagining it's not good because they change stuff. Like, I would have probably, as a kid, been happier if they just had put some old Popeye cartoons on. I, I have. I, it, I remember that it existed. I don't have fond memories of it existing. Now, I will say, I think um, I think NBC tried harder this year. They seem like they've revamped their lineup here. They've got, what, like four new shows? Yeah, and they've actually got what I would call decent shows coming in. Like, I would actually, we'll get into it more later. I actually feel like NBC might have a better lineup than CBS, which is the first time I'd say the NBC lineup's better than someone. Yeah, CBS is just posting on the fact of having an hour and a half of Muppet Babies yeah. to get them by. Yeah. So, um, Disney's Adventures the Gummy Bears, um, quality show. It's been on there every year. Um, probably still top five of this lineup. Probably still top three, hanging in there. Um, Smurfs mm-hmm. are back up. Are still an hour and a half, which is just a little too much Smurf for my Smurfing. That is, that is way too Smurf and much. Smurf and Smurfs there. It's I screwed that up. Um <laughs> It's okay, it's hard to remember. It's, it's too much. Yeah. So now we get into some we actually get um the Muppets branching out to a different channel. So we get Fraggle Rock the animated series. So for anyone <laughs> listening, um Fraggle Rock was a live action Muppet show. Well, they weren't really Muppets. It was a live action Jim Henson show that got shown on HBO like in the early eighties. Yeah, I remember the the live action show because eventually it made its way over to <laughs> broadcast TV. And I remember when this came out, McDonald's I think did little toys of like the Fraggle characters in like vegetable cars. Yeah. Oh, I had those. I yeah. think I had those. I had them too. 
So I have vague memories nice. of this. Can I play something for you? Yes. Go for it. This is the uh, live action theme song. Yep. Clap, clap. Yep. It's like a super infectious earworm of a theme song. <laughs> yeah, it is. I actually, I didn't watch that much of the show. I saw some of it as a kid, which is like, I don't even know how I did that. Maybe like there was a VHS or something. Cause yeah, HBO we didn't did have free. Like, HBO. HBO did free stuff oh. every now and then too. Yeah, I, we never had HBO, so maybe it was a free thing. Or maybe it was like a, a VHS I had. But I also, I they put out, I know they distinctly, they put out like a soundtrack or a, like an, an actual album of some of the and I had that, and I actually like really enjoyed it. And I, would play, I think the theme song yeah. was on it too, so I'd play it. Yeah, um, I remember that Fraggle, that. Fraggle Rock. I liked as a kid. Um, yeah, I I feel like I only I vaguely remember the cartoon. I I remember what they looked like and stuff. I don't remember any episodes, but I the Fraggles themselves are very memorable and like very. I feel like they were very kid friendly at the time. Like you knew what a Fraggle was like the second you saw one. Mm-hmm. Well, and it was it was a fun show that didn't have to resort. You know, they they built up a lot of lore around it, and they asked a bunch of questions that were supposed to be asked. You know, that they, they there was a lot of very good world building with it, and they had fun with it. In my mind, every now and then, I will still hear the phrase "the trash trash heap has spoken." Yeah, and you know, whenever someone's being you know intensely snarky about something. Yeah, they did a great job with that stuff. Um, I watched a couple it, episodes as an adult, and like it didn't, I didn't feel the need to watch all of them, but it was a well crafted show. It it's it's Jim Henson workshop making live action, making puppet shows. They're going to do a good job because that's what they do. Yeah, he just know? had a he had a way of like, I don't know, he had a way of making his stuff like entertaining for all ages and not feel like it was talking down to you and heartwarming yeah yeah that's uh still love the muppets so so i'm gonna chalk this up even with my vague recollections i can't think it would be that bad it probably isn't muppet baby's quality but i'm betting it was acceptable i don't remember the animated series at all all i remember is the live action one and the books there are lots of books yeah. Okay. So then we we're gonna move on to ten thirty here, and Alvin and the Chipmunks still hanging on. So I was kind of doing an episode lookup of the Chipmunks after one of our shows, and there's actually an episode where they're dealing with someone getting bullied, and they go to Mr. T for help. I don't know if it was actually voiced by Mr. T, but he <laughs> makes a he makes an appearance in the Chipmunks. Did this lead into Mr. T's uh, direct-to-VHS special? It might have led into his animated show. I, I remember his 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 VHS special, Be Somebody or Be Somebody's Fool, which is just staggering. I don't know of any other word to describe it, but it is. It, this is another Sean Baby callback, but there is a scene in it where you look at it and you're like, no... In this case, you would not call the cops. You'd call the Marines. Oh, Mr. T. 
Has he done anything lately, or is he kind of off the grid? Uh, that's a good question. Let's see. Mr. T. It's funny, you throw it into, into Google, and the first thing that pops up is Amazon Mr. T cereal. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> it's just 2017! The... 2017, he was on Dancing with the Stars! Really? Wow. <laughs> uh, let's see. Yeah. Uh, 2003, Disney's House of Mouse guest star. 2004, guest star Johnny Bravo. 2004, guest star Simpsons. 06, I Pity the Fool, six episodes. Uh, 2011, 2013, World Craziest Fools on BBC3. <laughs> Oh, uh, you know, you know what the last thing I remember. You know what the last thing I remember, Mister T in, and it was absolutely brilliant. When um, Wrath of the Lich King was coming out, he did one oh, of the commercials yeah. where he's like, "I'm a night elf mohawk," and it's him like yeah, right. it's like they they animated like a WoW character of him riding around on a tiger. I remember that actually. Yeah, because he said that he, he programmed his own class into the game. Yeah. And that was paired up with Ozzy Osbourne uh, doing WoW commercials. Yeah. I'm the Prince of Blank and Darkness. And then he gets animated and whips around and it's the Lich King. He's like, oh, really? Also, um, while you, while you, while you, real quick on Ozzy, underrated great part of that new Trolls movie is Ozzy's um, role in that movie. Really? He doesn't actually talk. It's just him, like, muttering and, like... <laughs> doing like he's actually doing it's actually hilarious they have ozzy voicing like an absolute satirical like take on how ozzy talks okay it's very meta all right i'll try and remember I, that i i why hasn't he done like more voiceover work i don't know. i feel like he could Tongue in cheek, you would you'd be like wink, wink, not like you know it's Mr. T, but like Randy Savage, you know, God rest his soul, like he would <laughs> stuff, and it's like oh, it's clearly Macho Man, yeah. But they would play it straight. It's like you know he'd be playing a, just a role, and you know it's like hey, that's Macho Man, but and it was very tongue in cheek. But I feel like Mr. T could do the same thing. Look, if like if if Family Guy could have entire seasons of uh, the show with Adam West is like a, a main character. Like they could, there's a show out there that they could just have Mr. T on as. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they just did, I mean, like, I don't see why Adult Swim couldn't give him something like the Mike Tyson mysteries. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I guess, I guess, I guess it depends on how self aware he is because I feel like Mike Tyson mysteries worked because Mike Tyson, Mike, Ty- Mike Tyson has become like very good at like mocking himself. And he's really developed like a sense of humor about himself, which, um, by the way, did not watch any of that fight. Did, did his fight with, was that, did he look okay in that Roy Jones Jr. fight? I know they tied. Uh, they tied, but from, yeah, from what I understand, I didn't watch it either, but, uh, from what I understand from people who did watch it is that they, they thought it was completely, it was almost one of those, like, for the sake of both men's reputations and I guess to to protect them, yeah, they ruled it a tie. But it's like people felt that Mike was ahead on points or looking better. And I guess I guess he looked pretty good. I mean, the guy is 
in like phenomenal shape for his age. He's fifty four. Oh, he um, no, but he lost a bunch of weight too because they went like um, I don't know if you saw them this year, but when they did the Discovery commercials with him, yeah, because yeah. have you have you seen it, Matt? Uh, no. So they they, they do this commercial. It's for Shark Week, and they're hyping up, and you think it's like Mike Tyson's gonna fight again. And then you see him blowing up like an inner tube. He's like, "Man, this stuff's hard." Like yeah. after they do this thing, like you like you think it's like like a legitimate like boxing match like promo, and then it's just him like doing stuff on a beach. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it's he got into shape just for this fight, but apparently it was also he felt it. it, it he felt like it gave him a sense of purpose again. Like he felt really good because he had the fight to get ready for well and he so he was talking about well i think he hit the gym first because he was on joe rogan's podcast and he, he was talking about something like he has to be careful with the gym because the gym like brings the ego and like when the ego comes out it, it makes him want to fight again yeah he could probably just rip through a lot of a lot of fighters that are much younger than him still like in today's age, like he, people, he was, a, he, he was absolutely people, uh, people who aren't old enough and I'm kind of barely old enough, but I, people don't really realize how like, completely dominant he was in the 80s. They don't realize what, like, what, like a <laughs> sports icon he was in the eighties too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. So just He's, a monster. He's still kind of a monster. Like he's genetically yeah. like just almost like one of you say like a genetic freak of nature. He's almost that way. He's just like in phenomenal shape. He should not be in the, the kind of shape that he is at his age. I know people can train, but he's just it, it's one of those things. Like even with the Tom Brady gets hated on, but it's like when you get older, you're you're not as a, as a professional athlete, you aren't able. You're not supposed to be able to compete at a high level, and Brady. Uh, if you, I don't know if he still can per se, but you know he was able to sustain it. Now he's into like his early 40s, and Mike Tyson's again 54. And I bet you, if you put him with guys like 20 years younger than him, 30 years younger than him, maybe even, I bet you there's quite a few guys he could actually like shock you. In, yeah. If if you actually put them together, it's yeah. almost like did you, ever, did you ever see like the? I think it was really like the sixth Rocky film, Rocky Balboa, when. No, I I, um, I didn't come back. That was actually a pretty good film. Uh, the whole concept was like Rocky coming back at a, like a older age. Yeah, that's right. Because they put him. Hang on, let me see if I can remember it right. They did a simulation where it was Rocky versus whoever the current heavyweight champion was. Yeah, the premise was that they. Yeah. And it was like the and then the, Rocky he, he would have won. won, and then the champion couldn't handle that and like kind of goaded him. To yeah, into, him, I think into fighting again, and um, so they have the whole thing, and it I, I, part of the story is the fact that Rocky's like because the champion's really good, but he's all about um, bringing the uh, he, he's all about the other guy not having the heart. Like the champ's very good at, at doing technical stuff, but he doesn't um, you know he doesn't have the heart to to fight like. He's always just trying to tag by on points or something like that. I think that's right. And um, so you've got uh, you, you get to the fight at the end, 
Yeah, and, and it's like, is Rocky bringing the heart out of this guy? So. Okay, so we're going to move on to another new show at 11, which is ALF, the animated series. So this I actually have memories of. There's actually a secondary ALF show that I think hits next year, which is him and, like, Fairy Tales. But so ALF is essentially, like, a prequel. It's <clears throat> ALF on Melmac. I've watched... I knew it existed. That's all I got. It's... I kind of remember the show. It's um, it's not good as an adult, but as a kid, <laughs> I was all about it because I was super into Elf. So, um, yeah, I'm gonna chalk that up as acceptable because it's just and it, and they brought and it had his like voice and everything, but I think I think he's always voiced by the same guy. Yeah. Um. Also, one of my favorite commercials is him and Hulk Hogan, where he growls at Hogan. I don't. I have not seen this. It's 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 old. I think it's like an AT and T commercial. It's like he's hosting a talk show and like Hogan's on there. I'll see if I can find wow. it for you afterwards. Hogan Hogan putting Alf over. Well, I mean, who doesn't put Alf over? <laughs> um. So then we're gonna move up to eleven thirty. This is one I remember being on the Family Channel, the new Archies, which is a really weird show. I think to put on 11:30 because i feel like at this point like an archie show really wouldn't have been super relevant but i guess i guess that's a little tone deaf on my part because stuff like dennis the menace had had success um mm. around this time uh anyone remember watching this because I, I i do remember this on the family channel i don't remember the quality or not i know i know archie has been like a cartoon property on Saturday morning, off and on, because wasn't there like the new, the Archie mysteries at some point, in, like the '90s or the 2000s? Uh, I I feel like that that name sounds familiar, but I can't recall anything of it right now. Yeah, I can't either. It might pop up though. <coughs> um, so then we're gonna hit 12, which is Foofer back for another season, and then 12:30, I'm telling, which is a kids' game show. So I feel like NBC actually did a good job here. Oh, there's actually a note here. So Muppet Babies actually went to 90 minutes because Garbage Pail Kids fell flat on its face and was supposed to have a spot and did not work out. Oh, wow. Did not expect that to happen. Yeah, I I guess the creator of Garbage Pail Kids said he hated it and it like, totally missed the point of like the cards i was never a big garbage pail kid person though so i don't have a lot of nostalgia for them i do remember the offshoot that i liked better which was um did you guys ever have the trading cards for baseball's greatest gross outs which is like in the same no. vein uh-uh. okay it was like in the same vein except they're like baseball players all right matt make the garbage pail reference kid i know you're wanting to make do you <laughs> Have you ever have you ever seen the actual movie? The the one part of it. The one from the eighties. Yes, the live action movie. Yeah. No, I don't think so, or I don't remember. Okay, so friend of the show, Christy Petrillo. <laughs> there it is. Loves Garbage Pails Kids movie, like unironically loves it. Uh, and I and uh, I, I would have gone up to see him last year, but you know, I my wife and I just had a baby 
this year, like there's a pandemic, but I usually go up uh, for his birthday, which is around Christmas. And there ha- he has made me and another another friend of the show, Dames, Damian Gonzalez. He has made <laughs> us watch that film. Uh, and uh, I remember the last time I watched it, I think I was drinking heavily, so it was more tolerable. But... <laughs> so can I, can I ask a question before we go into this a little deeper? So how many Howard the Ducks out of five would you give it? Oh, God. Howard the, Howard the Duck is like, uh, like There Will Be Blood or Schindler's List or name another like <laughs> amazing like once in a in a decade great movie <laughs> compared to the garbage Pail kids movie it's not mm-hmm. a good movie it's uh i mean it's very bad but it's also like oddly like dark and disturbing yeah. like there's a character called alligator who is literally like an anthropomorphic uh gator Wait, is this like an 80s movie just it's... yeah it's an 80s movie <laughs> and at, throughout the film like they're like occasionally alligator will like pull out like body parts and like offer it to people like oh you guys want to eat like a finger and they're like no and it's just like paid off for laughs oh. but meanwhile you as the viewer are like what the fuck like it, it, she's actually eating people oh that's um and it's just like just like it's just the, there in the movie like the fact that she's a cannibal is never really like <laughs> explored in depth. That doesn't sound entertaining. It's weird. It's a weird. Chris. Dark Chris. Movie. Chris. Um. Chris rolls in like bad entertainment. Like that's his jam. He does. He yeah. He like rebels in it. Like the bad. The the more terrible, the more he loves it. <laughs> like I think, like. And the more he probably owns it on DVD somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> he, he certainly has it on VHS. Well, I know. Yeah. I know if I, I know if there's like some w- weird obscure show that had like three episodes, and I know it was terrible, and I feel like I'm hallucinating because I can't find anything about it. I can like, like <laughs> I can kind of like throw the name by him, and he'll know what it is. Like I think, um, tattooed teenage fighters from Beverly Hills. Like he knows what that <laughs> is, and like I thought that was some like weird like. Wow. Fever dream I had. Is, is I actually remember that show. Alien teenage tattooed teenage alien fighters from Beverly Hills. Yes, and it's like it's like yes. a really bad Power Rangers spinoff with like no money put in the budget. Like they're almost fighting in like <laughs> like sweatpants, pretty much. The only reason I know that is it was a Dragon Ball Z abridged joke. Okay, it's really it's, bad. It's, they he's at one point. Uh, the Ginyus are about to show up, and Gohan asks Vegeta, he's like, what are we up against? He goes, you ever watch Power Rangers? No. We are troopers? No. And he goes through this whole thing until he gets to tattooed teenage alien fighters from Beverly Hills. He goes, oh yeah, and Vegeta's like, I hate you so much. You know, there there really was an absurd amount of Power Rangers knockoffs in the 90s, because you had VR troopers, um, I'm going to miss a bunch, um, Big, but was it Big Bad Beetleborgs or was it just Beetleborgs? Yeah. Big Bad Beetleborgs. And then yes. there was like the Knights of Tirna Nog, I think, were they Power Rangers ripoffs? Wow, Irish Power Rangers ripoffs. And then um, there was the Tattoo Teenage Fighters. I feel like like Skeleton Warriors and Mummies Alive might have been kind of like Power Ranger ripoffs, <coughs> just in cartoons. No, those were animated. They were animated. They were. I feel like those were almost like 
Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle ripoffs. Okay, that makes sense. Because you had you had a bunch of TMNT oh, yeah. ripoffs. Like you had like the uh, some of them I think we're going to even talk about uh, in future yeah, had, uh, Saturday morning shows. Yeah, biker mice yeah, from Cal- Mars. Biker mice from Mars. You had the Cowboys of Moon Mesa. Street Sharks. Oh, now don't you talk Street bad sharks. about Cowboys of Moon Mesa. <laughs> <laughs> you had Street Sharks. Um, I feel like uh, I feel like Mummies Alive at least were like kind of in that vein. Okay, that makes sense. Because you had like, because yeah, I guess you had like the four main protagonists and you know blah blah blah. Actually, you know, um, Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad was an Ultraman show, but they, <laughs> they, it was it was actually it was a legit Ultraman show, like the action scenes were. But they they I positioned. I'm just laughing at the name. <laughs> but they they did position that like as a Power Rangers type show. See, I actually um, I liked VR Troopers. I think it might. It used to be on Netflix. It might still be on Netflix. It's a little weird. I like that they didn't like. It wasn't a direct ripoff. Like they didn't have like, they didn't have like a Megazord clone until later. Yeah, it wasn't. It was. It was like it's kind of like a ripoff in the sense that you have live action heroes who then they transform into like more powerful forms that are either you know armored or something and they fight like monsters of the week uh that one was based on the apparently based on the metal hero show from japan which i've never seen or really know anything about yeah i don't either i liked vr troopers because even though it was like like silly and not really serious uh i thought that the villain design was really cool they were kind of like robots yeah like 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 cyborgs robots I thought in the the actual like costume design was really good. Yeah, I did too. I I actually I think I I think once it got rolling a little bit, I actually think I preferred VR Troopers to Power Rangers. <laughs> oh wow, I would not have seen that coming. But see, like I was a little older at the time, and I think VR Troopers felt a little more mature than Power Rangers, and like at the time. Man, I don't know. I... When I saw VR Troopers, I saw even more repeated footage, and just, I mean, like, okay, Power Rangers used a lot of stock footage. VR Troopers used, like, most of their episodes seemed like stock footage, and it drove me bonkers, because even, even like, the live-action stuff, at least to me, looked, uh, I couldn't stand the look of it. Their, Their older mentor character on the screen standing in front of the windows 95 screensaver just i could not get over it it was and like that the a lot of those shows though age poorly like um superhuman samurai cyber squad and vr troopers age poorly because they're very much dealing with like the 90s like the mid 90s idea of like the internet and <laughs> and um technology and it's just it is so not compatible with like right, the modern right. the modern concept and you know like the cell phone like really wasn't a thing yet and yeah you're you're absolutely oh they had to restore the mainframe in vr troopers that they got their powers from from a stack of five three and a half inch floppy disks that they someone had taped under their desk oh wow that's even that's even outdated for when that show was out because right? like you were doing like you were doing like CDs by then. Like I think I think my I think I had a C, well, when was that show out? Like ninety four. 
something like that. Because I think I had a CD drive by then. Whew. I guess the floppy was still around, but that's still kind of... I mean, at least it wasn't the big floppies. Oh, yeah, those were out by, like, that time, definitely. Yeah. I feel like the small floppies lasted until, like, maybe, like, the early 2000s. Uh, they, they did, because remember there was the zip drive, but that didn't quite catch on. Yeah. Um... Cause I know, like, I know, like, if I was go- at home and I was writing something for school and I needed to, like, and I was gonna print it, like, and we're talking college here, like, I'd pop it on a, like, a floppy. By the time I got to college, it was just thumb drives. Yeah, uh, see, just, I was, yeah, th- I, that was early two thousands. I feel like the thumb drive was really like a mid two thousands. Yeah, I was an early two thousands college guy, but. Anyway, where were we again? Um, actually, we're done. So we're, we're kind of comparing our lineups here, which I'm going to say overall, I don't feel like 1987 is a particularly good year. I think it's the worst of the three years, and I feel like it's... I feel like it's not... I feel like the gulf is pretty wide between this and other years. Yeah, I just feel like there is... Like, there's obviously fewer toy commercials in here, but I feel like there's a distinct, like, lack of creativity. And you can really see, like, with Flintstones kids and, like, Popeye and Son, like, they're really trying to rehash old properties and, like, introduce them either as children or, like, introduce, like, a son or something. Yeah. Because that always worked so well on sitcoms, didn't it? Yes. What was that little <laughs> bastard on Brady Bunch? Was it Cousin you know Oliver? I'm not sure because yeah, I, I spent right. as much effort as I could as a child avoiding the Brady Bunch. Like, I was not watching Brady Bunch. I enjoyed Brady Bunch for what it was as a kid. But, I mean, it was on – here it was on TV all the time in syndication. Yeah, it was on – because it was on TBS a lot. And I would click off of TBS as fast as I could. I think it, it, so it was on T for live action. It was on TV a lot, and then um, Laverne and Shirley was on a lot, and Happy Days was on a lot, and um, Little House on the Prairie I think was on everywhere. Because I used to have like VHS tapes my mom would record, and I'd always have like some little chunk of like the intro or the outro of um, Little House on the Prairie between my cartoons. If something wasn't, like, right on the money of, like, the show starting. Yeah. So, I I don't know. Like, I'm looking at these, because we, we pick a winner every year, <clears throat> and I really feel like all of these lineups are a loser. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm still giving it to ABC, but for the same reason I did last time. It's it's Ghostbusters and Bugs and Tweety, and, like, and that's... That's what I got. So I wanna, I wanna, I wanna. Hold on, sorry. I put my, I, I x out of my schedule here. I wanted to go through here real quick because I'm having trouble here. So if I was a kid, I'd probably do Gummy Bears at eight. My Pet Monster at eight thirty. I'd probably bounce to Muppet Babies. I might have watched The Little Wizards because I have like some recollection of that. I feel like Fraggle Rock would win at 10, then Real Ghostbusters at 10.30. Uh, 
um, then Alphabet 11, um, and then Looney Tunes would win at 11.30. So ABC would get two hours of my time. So ABC probably wins. Um, I would say... I would say NBC got close. Like, NBC really pushed them this year. But I'd say ABC holds on just barely. And I feel like CBS falls to... falls to last place. I would, uh... I'd probably agree with that myself. Although... I, I feel... I do feel NBC's close. It's really close. <clears throat> it, I felt like they... With their new shows, at least, they... I mean, they were they were basing it on existing properties, but they were trying a little more. Yeah, and I feel like I feel like they, I feel like they, they were smart about some of the stuff they did. Like, I feel like Alf is a smart addition. Yeah. And like, I th- I feel like Fraggle Rock's a smart addition. Like, I feel like those are safe choices, and I also feel like the new Archies are safe choices. But I also feel like they they pick things that would probably draw okay and i mean alf lasts a couple years i think alf lasts into like 1990 maybe it's still kicking around so it must have been popular i feel like i feel like nbc could have won here if they would chop a half hour off the smurfs and put another like first run show on there that was of like somewhat decent quality that's fair. That's a fair point. If they, I don't, I don't know what they what they could have put, but they even just anything. Honestly, like they could have made a, a weird little show, like even like the little clowns show. Like if they just snuck that in, where they're at least trying, maybe not as much uh, Smurf reruns. Maybe that would have given them the edge. Yeah, or even if they could have like I don't know, like dug something old up, like. I like maybe gotten the rights to like Yogi Bear or something, or even like um, what was the one? Was that Yogi's Treasure Hunt? That would have been a rerun. But even if they like would have slotted that in there, like is a, a rerun. I think th- I think they could have, they could have taken it. Well, they had gummy bears there. Like I wonder if they could have done some other kind of Disney related show. Well, they actually lose like gummy that. bears next. They lose gummy bears in '88. Because gummy bears, because I think that's when they. Well, no, they keep it for another year. They eventually lose it to ABC. Um. So, so we're all saying ABC wins, and NBC finally came to play. <clears throat> okay. So then, um. So you guys want want a preview for nineteen eighty eight when we get there? I don't think we're gonna do eighty eight until January though. How much changes? Oh, a lot. There's a lot of new stuff. Oh, okay. So okay. what kind of what kind of preview do we have? So we have well, let's see. We have one, two, four, five, six, seven, eight. Oh wow! We have like nine new shows. No, we have ten because there's another Alf one. So we have Alf Tales. Um, Garfield and Friends, Hey Vern, It's Ernest, A Pup Named Scooby-Doo, The New Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, The New Adventures of Beanie and Cecil, Superman, Adventures of Raggedy Ann and Andy, and The Completely Mental Misadventures of Ed Grimley all come 
onto the schedule in 88. That is a lot of new stuff. Yeah, because I'm going to have some opinions on that Superman show because I checked it out because I didn't have any recollection of it. And it might be the worst thing I've ever seen. Like, they should have been ashamed of themselves to call that Superman. And I know Matt watched it, and Matt was like, oh, wow. Are you saying this was in line with the Superman in 64 game? It was about that bad, yes. Because, like, the voice <laughs> acting is, like, terrible. Um, like, they have, like, Jimmy Olsen just, like, voiced by, like, any, like, schlub. And he just, like, it's, like, a generic voice instead of, like, a Jimmy Olsen-like type voice. And, like, mm-hmm. the animation's terrible. Like, the episode I saw didn't even have, like, a villain. And, like, Clark gets, like, what, like, drug up into the air and has to, like, I don't know, somehow get out of it. I don't know. It was just, it was just terrible. Like it was, it was legitimately terrible. Ooh, that sounds rough. I don't know how that got greenlit, to be honest with you. Uh, I can, I can hang on. Let me, well, I, think I can was, almost channel the meeting, but well, I think I'll it was save a Ruby that. Spears production. And what I've learned from some of my, my diggings when we do these episodes that, I used to think Hanna-Barbera was a mark of crap, but I'm starting to see that Ruby Spears productions tend to be like a mark of crap. Yeah. The The Superman show, I think, was the last thing that Ruby Spears had before the their license lapsed. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, that is it for 1987. Um... It was not a good year, I don't think. I don't I don't have like there's nothing on here that like gives me pleasant memories and I think you can tell by the fact that we were off in the weeds more about side <laughs> things related to this tells you what we I have. talked about a million other things with the lineup. But like it just there's nothing like like little clowns of happy town like who who would think that that would have like especially in like 1987 like who would have thought that would have would have stuck. Uh, I, you know what? I don't. I, I'm. I'm gonna hope that they weren't thinking it would stick. I'm gonna hope that they're just like we just need to fill the slot. What? What? What do we got? And like, well, somebody came up with this clown show. Fine, fine, make it. Put it on there. We'll come up with something later. Which is it's something I've ragged on. I've ragged on. I think every episode with this. But like the the Saturday morning stuff, especially this year, minus Mighty Mouse, which felt more modern. But like it feels like it feels like you have all these people that were prominent in the seventies, like making these entertainment choices that are outdated by this point, and you're getting these concepts and like animation that's kind of outdated by this point, while you get this stuff coming into first run syndication that's like what kids are actually into. Mm-hmm. Like, looking at that lineup, because I was six now, so I have an okay recollection of, like, kind of what the world was like then. And I still feel like if you're talking about what, like, my friends were into, it was stuff like Transformers, G.I. Joe, uh, Voltron still, you know, and then you're getting to stuff like Legos, um, any other number of things that were not anything in that lineup of shows. Yeah, Thundercats. There's Thundercats. There's a lot them. of gaps. It's it feels like. I mean, the only thing in that lineup that st- stands out to me as something that kids were super into was the real Ghostbusters. Yeah, that's that's really the only thing that seems like a um, 
something that that would really get a hold of. You. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, you know, Looney Tunes was was familiar for kids of that era, so it's kind of nice. And that, I guess the, the whole Muppet Babies thing, you know, ties in with the beloved property, so that's nice. But yeah, it just feels it just feels yeah. this year especially like. The last couple of years had sparks of creativity and things that I, I have pleasant memories of, but this year was really just like, wow, this is really just not very good. Yeah. I don't know, so 88 I don't uh, think gets any better. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I believe you may be right. And I think 89... So. 89 is Captain N, I think, debuting, so we get a we get to rip that one a new one. Um, yeah. I'm going to slot in yeah. talk about the Super Mario Brothers Super Show probably for that episode, but that was also first-round syndication, which I would argue was probably a bigger deal than most of the Saturday morning stuff. That's true. That's true. Because that, right. that was like appointment viewing for me for a brief while, but I was like super into Mario for a couple of years. It's one of those. It, it surprised me. We'll we'll talk about yeah. it. then. We'll, we'll we'll talk about it then. So, all right, Matt. Any parting thoughts you want to get out? Uh, no, I agree that this was uh, not a not a strong year. Yeah. All right. Well, everybody, this has been another year on the Saturday morning cartoon front. Please, if you got some thoughts, let us know. You got fond memories of something we were talking about? Whatever. We were kind of all over the place in this episode, so we would love to hear from you on our social media. All right, so <clears throat> with all of that out of the way in our meandering path to get there, this is Shad with Matt and Brad. We've been in three quarters. You're in the fourth, and we will see you next time. <laughs>